Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Tuesday the 21st, the longest day of the year. Really? Yeah. Today is? Yeah. June sun. 21st. Your summer solstice. solstice. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Huh? What are you going right. to do? What am I going to do to celebrate? Yeah. I I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, is this something that we celebrate? I've got uh, the Indians and the uh, Memphis Redbirds, the AAA affiliate of the Cardinals, uh, game one of the series. No O'Neill Cruz, by the way, which we'll get into off the top. We've got just a whole bunch of storylines that we want to hit. Jack, Peter, just baseball show, uh, Tuesday the 21st. I feel like we haven't gotten a unit update from you recently. A unit update, like how I'm doing gambling-wise? Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, it's been going okay been going okay i mean we're still up on the year we're still up 11.32 units on the year winning at a 55 percent rate we had a great start to the week last week and then it came tumbling down at the end but on prize picks which the link is in our episode description as well i run a twitter space daily at 2 30 p.m eastern um where we bring a bunch of people from the community in to give prize picks which is basically player props that we parlay yeah. um it's just for fun but we've been doing really well on there so that's some money that we've been picking up on the back end but I would say, I mean, right now we're getting into the summer months, right? Yeah. No football, no basketball, no hockey. The and a lot of the stats, it's like you want to follow the trends of the earlier, but you also have to remember that some of those trends are going to start to go in the opposite direction as things starts to normalize. So yeah. we're at this point where do I trust the numbers in the early goings of the season or do I have to play future predictor and think, those stats are going to normalize based on past trends. It's a lot happening right now. We have yeah. some two picks today. Yeah. This is Monday. I'm on the Brewers' first five innings against Miles Michaelis with Corbin Burns. Yeah. I'm on the under in Padres Diamondbacks. We're recording on Monday Monday to be released on Tuesday, so you're going to see if these are right. Yeah. That's where we're starting off the week right. I got my iced coffee. Got my juice. I'm feeling good. I got my iced coffee here. So we're, mm. we're chilling in that regard. Um, yeah. I, so like in the dog days, like, do you feel like you go on stretches with that yeah. stuff or no? That's the problem with this year. Last year, it was a lot of two and one days, right. Or one yeah. and two days, yeah. just kind of coasting along a good, even curve. But in April, I had the best month of my entire life gambling ever. Yeah. April, I was up almost 20 units. And for anyone listening who's not familiar with gambling, let's say your unit is a hundred dollars, just or ten dollars or a thousand dollars, whatever it is. If your unit's a you hundred dollars, you were up two thousand yeah. bucks. Exactly. Ten, you're up two hundred, a thousand, you're up twenty thousand, whatever you yeah. do. But then in May, down 13 units. One of the worst months, probably the worst month of my entire life gambling. And then we keep going on these stretches where we can't lose and then we can't win. It's yeah. just been a big roller coaster. I'm hoping that it starts to normalize so it's okay in my mental health because it's been it's been just this instead of this, yeah. which is definitely different. I was going to bring up mental health. Are you uh, what are you doing to combat that meditation therapy? Um, it's funny. You know what I have been doing? What? I, I, I have started meditating every morning. I love meditating. And you know what I do? So I sit on my bed in the morning, right, right as I wake up, I try not to look at my phone. And I just sit there and, and I found out this good way to do it. You just sit there and you count to 10. Just sit there quietly. You count to 10. 
And if you can make it to 10 without other thoughts getting in your mind. So if like, you're like one, two, and then you think about something that you've been worried about. Yeah. Say, okay, I recognize that thought, bring it back in, count to 10 again. Yeah. Once you make it to 10, get to 20. Once you make it to 20, get to 50. Once you get to 50, get to 100. And then meditation is over. It, it helps. It does help. It sounds weird. Try it. Help. Try it. Um, Try I'm it. also looking to uh, get, I'm also looking for a sponsorship with my friends at Balance. I use the Balance app and I, uh, I have a guided meditation that I do pretty much every day. So that's, mm. uh, that's my MO that I go with. I did not know that. I yeah. just started it and I didn't know you were doing it. Yeah. I'm doing it, man. I've done it for uh, a couple of years now and it's worked wow. wonders on my, on my headspace. What would you say helped the best? Cause I'm just starting it and I've already noticed kind of a clearer mind in the morning. This app, I've tried a lot of shit, but this app is, is the one that helps me. And like my mind tends to race at night and it's got like a night meditation that you're supposed to play. And like, you know, you can set it for 30 minutes or an hour and it will almost guide you into like, you know, this mental space where you can just fall asleep without any thoughts going through your head. You're a night meditator because I'm a morning first thing meditator. They're a little bit different too, because it's like, what do you want to get out of it? Do you want like a resting period where then you fall asleep? Like for me, it wakes me up in the morning. It's just different. I'm a morning meditator and I'm a night as needed. So some Ah. days I do two, but for the most part I do one. So that's my thing. Uh, shall we start talking about baseball? Because we've probably lost a lot of listeners already. I think that makes sense. Let's talk baseball. These guys are narcs, man. <laughs> I don't need to meditate. I just want Brewers first five. Um, yeah. Just for it to lose. But let's, hopefully it wins. <laughs> let's talk about the NL Central. O'Neill's up. And I brought it up with Aram on yesterday's Just Baseball Show, which was so fun, by the way. Jason Stark. I mean, that, that was great. But um, I, I brought it up with Aram yesterday, like, I got, I got some texts from some people who was like, Hey man, can you, uh, can you confirm that O'Neill's going up? And I was like, dude, I have no idea what you're talking about, but O'Neill's going up. And here's my thought on O'Neill Cruz for watching him for, you know, 60 games. This guy um, will likely not have the stars aligned for this to happen. Like, I think he's going to be a very good baseball player, but the best case scenario, the hundredth percentile outcome for O'Neill Cruz. And I saw all three of these things in spurts is hitting the ball harder than Stanton, throwing the ball harder than Carlos Correa, and running as fast as Shohei Otani. Like, that's the level of intrigue we're looking at with O'Neill Cruz. We're looking at a 6'7 shortstop, the tallest shortstop in baseball history, that hit a line drive single in Charlotte at 121.7 miles an hour earlier this year, that is flirting with 100 miles an hour across the diamond from short, and that can steal 25 to 30 bags in a given major league season. We're looking at a guy that is as must watch if the stars align as Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, and Fernando Tatis Jr. And I don't think I'm being hyperbolic when I say that. I have one question. What the fuck took them so long? I mean, come on now. I mean, I know you're going to give the answer. Yeah, Uh, I know the Super 2 deadline is approaching. So it was like kind of now or not really now or never because we've seen teams manipulate service time. So it's not really now or never, but it's like almost now or never with this situation. What took the Pirates so long with O'Neill Cruz? Because Bobby Witt and Julio Rodriguez, all these guys, you know, maybe you could say they're slightly more talented, but in terms of a talent level, O'Neill Cruz could surpass all of them. So what took the Pirates so long? Okay, so right now we're talking about ceiling, right? We're not mm-hmm. talking about floor. Um, That's why yeah, I wanted the, to get into that. Yeah, because not super, everything's golden. Exactly. The Super 2 deadline passed last week. Um, so now O'Neill Cruz, he will likely not qualify for the Super 2. Um, and he also was probably held down for long enough to the point where he finishes outside the top two in NL Rookie of the Year voting. Well, we'll see what happens with Sayon and all that. But if you finish top two in Rookie of the Year voting then you are awarded a full year of major league service time. So Mm. he will likely not be awarded a full year of major league service time. But honestly, I don't believe that was the thing. Like, I don't think there was a service time manipulation thing going on here. He was not good in the month of April. I mean, you Mm. can look at the monthly splits. Like his OPS was well below 600 in April. And he was striking out all the time. He was hitting the ball on the ground all the time. And oh, by the way, O'Neill Cruz commits 16 errors in Indy through 60 games. That was the most in AAA baseball. So O'Neill had some stuff to figure out. And I don't think anybody really understood that. 
like they would just see the home run clipped and put out on Twitter. And it's like, get him up. This is so stupid. We should arrest Ben Sherrington. I see hashtag arrest Ben Sherrington on Twitter. What are we doing? What are we saying about that? O'Neal had some stuff that he needed to figure out defensively. He needed to figure out a little bit more focus. That's what Ben Charrington said. And he figured that shit out. I think the time is right for O'Neal to go up. He really struggled in April. He put together a damn solid month of May in early part of June. Um, and, and I think this is going to be really exciting for Pirates fans who are watching Jack Sawinski have a three-homer day, including a walk-off bomb, Leover Piguero make his major league debut, and now you've got O'Neill coming up after a cup of coffee at the end of last year. I, I think the Pirates are like actually going to be a team that people watch, especially when Rowanzi Contreras is on the hill. Totally agreed. And we can talk about the play because I mean, we talk about the play on the field all the time, but I really want to focus on the focus, no pun intended. The focus is what you talked about and what Ben Charrington has also spoken about too. And when you watch him in the minor leagues as well, you can tell there's something off. It's almost like he's not caring, but what changed? Because there was something that had to change because no matter all the production, if Ben Charrington and the Pirates brass see this guy mentally doesn't look like he wants it yet. Did you see a light switch? I mean, you watch him every day. Did you see a light switch? Did you see him start to progress fully in that? Or are you still thinking, I didn't really see him progress, just the talent was too much and the Pirates had to do it? You know, baseball is very hard to stay locked in for every pitch every day. Baseball yep. is the longest sport on the calendar. Absolutely. Like, it's it's 162 games. The line that I heard from, uh, I want to say it was Hawk Harrelson, was baseball is a sport designed to make everybody involved with it go insane. And the team that goes the least insane is the one that's going to win. Um, and I totally stand by that. I mean, this is a long, long season and it's a long game at times. I mean, we see the four hour games, we see the like back to back to back walks and it's like, Oh my God, this thing is dragging. Are you bought in every single pitch? And they needed to work on that. And they worked on that. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that there was a, a switch flipped, but I think when the weather warmed up, that helped a little bit because it's really hard to be out in St. Paul, Minnesota, when the wind chill has the, has the real feel at 19 degrees and you're playing baseball and you're from the Dominican Republic. So I, I think that O'Neill, um, the buy-in is obviously going to be there at the big league level. Like the focus is going to be there at right, the big though? league level. I mean, listen, dude, you, you're at the show. Like this is what you worked yeah. your entire life for. So the, I think the question was like, what was his – focus and his buy-in going to be like in minor league baseball when all of his buddies are, are getting called up, you know, with the pirates, with other teams as well. Um, and I think he realized once he like snapped it in, um, it was only a matter of time and, and you could see him snap it in offensively and now he's up and hopefully he goes crazy and he does get that full year of service time and wins the NL rookie of the year. I just want to see a fire lit under this dude's ass because can you imagine if he's 100% motivated and angry? He might be. No one's going to stop this man. Nobody's going to stop this man. That's I'm just what you. I want to see. So I was curious if you saw there was a specific game or there was a stretch in June before getting called up where it was just like, wow, this guy looks different, not only physically, but mentally just looks locked in right now. I was just curious if the Pirates then saw that because we, like I said, we know the talent is there. Yeah, I know he, he had a bad April, but everybody knows what he can do. Right. I mean, we're saying best case scenario for O'Neill is unicorn, never Literally. before seen baseball player. Um, like Porzingis as a Hall of Famer. Yeah, Porzingis as a Hall of Famer on a baseball field. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, like O'Neill's thing, I, I wouldn't say that there was like this five game stretch where it was like, oh my God, get him up right now. It was okay. a month and a half. It was like, damn he's got an OPS right around a thousand for the last five weeks. There we go. Um, this is the O'Neill that we were expecting, right? All of a sudden. And you know, what's really interesting about Cruz. I don't think a lot of people realize how fast he is. He's very fast. I also don't think a lot of people realize that he's got good bat to ball skills. He was striking out a lot in April, but this is not a guy that's going to strike out 30% of the time and hit 30 homers. He's probably going to hit 20 to 25, but his thing is he's going to hit 120 mile an hour doubles into the gap or down the right field line 
or he's going to, he's going to hit a ball out that has no business getting out. I mean, I know that you saw the highlight of him going to meet a 74 mile an hour curveball that was at the shoe tops, pretty much in the other batter's box. And he just golfs it. It's like he's wedging it and it goes 430 to right center. <laughs> That's what we're going to see. We're going to see these feats of superhuman strength without the injection in somebody's ass cheek, like we saw in the late nineties, early two thousands. And we're going to say, who can do that? And the answer is O'Neill Cruz, end of list. I think that's what we're going to see here. I'm just excited. Yeah, I'm just excited, I am And I wanted to hear from you that like, oh yeah, over the past two weeks, he's just in the weeds angry. Because then I think to myself, well, he might be worth a sprinkle on finishing close to the end in rookie of the year voting. Because I'm telling you, if this guy gets up and he's got a fire lit under his ass and he's got all the talent in the world and he starts to connect, nobody is going to stop him. But before we keep moving on, because we have a bunch of topics to get to, you said that 20 to 25 home runs is your projection of him. How? Right? Isn't this a 40 home run guy or am I just completely off? Um, I, I think he is. Mm, that's a good right? question. I think best case scenario is a 40 home run guy, but I think like this year, you're probably going to see oh, 15 true. from him. Okay. Um, I bet you see 15, but I think in like a typical year, you're going to see, let's say 25 homers, let's say 35 to 40 doubles and let's say 20 to 25 bags. And he's going to hit right around 270. I don't hate that. Sounds no, pretty good. I don't Sounds hate it good. at all. <laughs> um, how about Sounds Riley Green, good. though? Because this is a guy with a much higher floor than O'Neill. Yep. Um, and it, not a similar ceiling because O'Neill's ceiling is higher than anybody in all of minor league baseball at this point, maybe except Grayson Rodriguez, whose ceiling is literally Bob Gibson. But um, Riley Green has one of the highest floors in minor league baseball, I think. I got to see him when he was in short season ball uh, in 2019 after he went sixth overall to Detroit. And or fifth overall, I think CJ Abrams went sixth, but Riley Green, he just looked like a college bat after he was taken out of high school. And that's still what he is. He obviously dealt with the foot thing that kept him out until this past weekend when he made his major league debut. Riley Green injected some life into this Tigers offense and on state of the division with Ryan Miller, I was just running through the OPS among like players on the Tigers. And there's not many guys with an OPS over 600. I think there might be three or four. What Riley Green can do. You want to get even more down to it? They have the three worst hitters in all of baseball by WRC Plus. The three worst. That's not a joke. Jaime Candelario, Javier Baez, and Jonathan Scope. Bottom three in WRC Plus. This offense is terrible. Continue with Riley Green. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, it's horrible. But like, horrible. I think we saw Riley Green inject a little bit of life into the tires crazy i did see it they put up a great outing this this he got his first hit in a bloop hit and then he got another one he i mean he is already because we even said when we compared him as a spencer torkelson right jack that torkelson's bat is probably you know a bit juicier is going to give you more power but that riley green even at the young age of 21 is probably already closer to being kind of the product that we'll see from Riley Green, right? Is it crazy to say that I think Riley Green is just a better hitter than Spencer Torkelson? I don't think that's crazy at all. Who does Riley Green remind you of? That's a really good question. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Think about a guy that can hit 300 with 25 homers and good bat to ball. See, my th- I want to throw this at you. My thinking here was Brantley with more power. Yeah. That, that's where I go to. I think of like a guy who's, you know, he's not going to strike out really that much, but he's going to show great plate discipline at the plate. He's going to take his walks. He may not ever win batting titles like Michael Brantley did, but I also wouldn't put it past him to win a batting title or two. Yeah. And, but he's not going to hit 30, 35, 40 home runs like a torque can. But 25 home runs and 20 steals is perfectly within reach while hitting 300. Right. Totally different swing. But my thought also goes to another Astro, Kyle Tucker, right? Like that's the Mm. type of offensive impact that Riley Green can have on a team. The Kyle Tucker effect where he's hitting Joey Gallo. Yeah. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Uh, Like the high 200s with 25 homers and 20 backs. I, I think that's what Riley Green is. And I think Riley Green can be a perennial all-star that's how good this guy is so we'll see what happens with the tigers as a collective like maybe it was just like 
getting Torque's friend up that he came through the organization with, you know, maybe that injects some life into Torkelson and that in turn injects some life into Tucker freaking Barnhart. We'll see what happens here. Um, their season's a wash already, especially with the pitching staff going through what they're going through. Um, but having said that, I, I think that Riley Green can be beneficial for the Tigers. At least he makes it easy to watch Tigers games for Tigers fans. I think it's the problem with the Tigers offense has not necessarily been like the top of the lineup, right? I mean, they have plenty of guys who at least are good table setters. I mean, Victor Reyes has performed very well in limited time. You know, Willie Castro, Harold Castro, these guys have been the best hitters on the Tigers. It's the middle of the lineup. The middle of the lineup can't do anything. Miggy is, I mean, even Miggy's hitting 297, but he, he just no, Miggy's no better, man. Miggy's the best offensive piece they have right now. Everybody I know, else but he's sucks. Got, he's got no power. He's slugging below 400. Like, you're just not even probably going to get 20 home runs this year for Miguel Cabrera, which is just a far cry away from the 40-plus he used to be putting up. Like, even Austin Meadows has just been on and off the IL. You know, there's just... The middle of the lineup, the guys who I was saying with Scope, with Baez, who have been healthy all year and just can't hit. Candelario has been often on the IL, but again, can't hit at all. The yeah. middle of the lineup, the run producers can't hit. But Riley Green, and then as soon as Spencer Torkelson starts getting hot, they yeah. will at least help that. But Riley Green looks ready already at 21 years old. Yeah, no, he's great. And uh, he, me, Aram, and Ryan Finkelstein were talking too. If if Tarek Skubal didn't exist, Miguel Cabrera, even with his sub 400 slugging, would likely be the Tigers all-star. That's how bad the team is this year. Just uh, as we're talking about rookies too, um, the Braves might have the front runners in NL Rookie of the Year of Mackenzie Gore after his tough start with Spencer Strider and Michael Harris Jr. So, and the only reason I'm bringing that up, yeah, Michael Harris or Riley Green, they're both 21 year olds. They're both outfielders. Who do you like for the rest of the season? In terms of NL Rookie of the Year voting? No, no, no. Because I mean, they're both in different leagues. I'm just talking about the player, like where they are in their development right now. Riley Green versus Harris ends up having kind of the better season because I think also what that question does with the success of Harris if you say a guy like Riley Green it's giving a ton of praise to Riley Green but if you say that Michael Harris is still better that just then again shows this Michael Harris guy we're talking all this praise about Riley Green but Michael Harris is still that dude I just think it's an interesting hypothetical I'm gonna say Riley Green Mm, that fires me up um, Green is the fourth high school guy to debut from that 2019 draft because it was Witt and Abrams right away, uh, CJ down in AAA, and then you had Michael Harris, and then you had Riley Green. And it, Michael Harris, his tools are louder than Riley Green at this point, right? Like Better Michael defender. Harris is a world-class defender. There, there's a world where he wins the gold glove in center field in the National League this year as a rookie. Wow. Um, he's, he's that good defensively. He's amazing. He covers so much ground. Um, Riley green is not that defensively, but the hit tool I think is better. Like I, I do think that Riley green will have a better offensive season at the end of the year in what 20 fewer games, 25 fewer games than Michael Harris will have. But I think Harris, especially for the brave situation, um, I, I think Harris is going to be more important because I just don't think the Tigers are going to compete this year. But I think in terms of who will put together the better 2022 season, it'll likely be Riley Green. And I think Riley Green is the better overall player. That just that's and that's remember, that's not a detriment to no, it's risk. just like that is my, it's Riley Green's really good. Um like that. I did text that I think if you're trying to put more money on the NL rookie of the year race should be going on Spencer Strider. Mm. Mm. His odds are good. I last time I saw him they're like plus 1100 and I'm not I'm not a gambling man at all but listen I dished out India. I'm not saying ride the hot hand but um I what Strider does seems like rookie of the year type stuff, right? My only thing with Strider is you know he is a bullpen arm moved to the starting rotation. How long does 100 miles an hour last? How long does 99 last? If he's just 99, like all year, my, my worry is, 
you know, with Rodon, right? When he's, he's going to turn into 95. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, a couple of starts where he then turns into 95. Like, is he a good enough pitcher to still be able to get outs consistently without the super, super high below? Because it's still early in the year. He's only had a couple of starts, not a couple. I mean, now we're, we're getting to a sample size of like six, seven starts. But then again, that's what it is. So I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I don't know if this continues to last because we have no prior history of him doing it. I will say that Carlos Rodon does not have the thighs that Spencer Strider has. Facts. I mean, he doesn't have the, le- like, those are the best legs on a pitcher in baseball. Looks like Saquon. He looks like Saquon and legs last. I, Facts. what you were taught growing up as a pitcher, right? Is don't like your arms should feel sore after a start. Yeah. But your whole body should feel sore after a start. You should be getting everything you possibly can out of your body. You should feel it in your back. You should feel it in your lower back. You should feel it in your legs. Your legs should be sore. It should feel like you maxed out on squatting after a start. That's what Strider throws like. It looks like he maximizes his body, which is the biggest thing for a pitcher. And that can make him sustainable, I think. I think so too. I'm not saying that I don't think so. It's just when I'm putting money on things, I want things that at least in my head, I can argue to myself, this seems like more of a sure thing. It's hard to place my money on a player who's a former reliever turned starter and expect him to continue this level of velocity throughout the year. Similar to Michael Harris, the reason why I'm not running to start to put money on him to win NL rookie of the year is because he is a 21 year old who hasn't gone through the rookie lull yet, which it hits everybody. The pitchers, they throw to these guys, the rookies may perform well. And then there's a level of, you know, the pitcher, you know, he's got to figure it out. Yeah. Batter himself has got to figure out from the adjustments that the pitchers make because they make them quickly. Like, will he go through a lull? And then he might get good again. Yeah. But I'm, I'm expecting him to still go through these types of things. That's my reasoning for just not wanting to put my money on it. So if you were to commit to one guy for NL Rookie of the Year, would it be Gore or would it be somebody else? It's still Gore for me. I mean, my pick at the beginning of the year was Seah, and that was the only person I took. So I'm yeah. still riding with Seah. But if you told me who do I think will win it, I still think it's going to be Gore because think about it. Who is like out of all of these rookie starting pitchers, like what we've seen from Gore so far this year, he seems like the most sure thing, barring an injury, of course. Dude, he's so good. He's so good, right? And he already looks like that. And we've had prior history of him at least being a starter, being this guy, it was about him figuring out the command and the command has looked great. Those are tangible things where I think to myself, I'm okay losing this bet as long as it's on McKenzie Gore rather than a reliever turned starter that I'm hoping based on huge velocity spikes and, and the legs. Like I can't yeah. just bet on quads as much uh, as I love. I can bet on quads, man. I can as absolutely. I bet on ass more than quads and Strider's got both of them. And I'm also not saying that it's a bad bet to be on them. They could ease both of them could be front runners for NL rookie of the year. And they are right now. I yeah. just, talking from my mindset of how I bet on futures and it's been, it's been profitable for us generally. And so that's, that's my thinking there. Yeah. How about NL MVP? Cause Manny Machado just went down. Thank God he didn't break his ankle. Oh, that looked so bad in real time. I was like, his foot's going the wrong way. I but thought he broke I, it. I thought he broke it too, but it turns out he's it. just wearing super baggy pants and it was just a yeah. bad sprain, but yeah. he's going to be out for several weeks, apparently maybe north of a month here. So Machado, he was probably the NL MVP front runner at this point, right? Like him or Mookie. Yeah. Or Goldschmidt. Like oh, Goldie. Still, yeah. There's Goldschmidt's probably, I don't know. Like it's, it's so tough with, with Machado's acumen. All the best, fielding. all the best hitters right now are in the AL. Like Goldschmidt is, is really, really amazing. Mookie has slowed down lately and now Mookie hit the IL, which is, yeah, he's got a, he's got a cracked rib. Um, no, but I mean like judge is the best hitter in baseball right now. And then trout and then your Don Alvarez. Trout might be better than judge right now. Trout had a weekend series against the Mariners where he could not get out. But how about your Don, dude? Your Don's hitting like 480 right now. He's there's no like wrong answer. in June. <laughs> yeah. There's no wrong answer, but those three guys are in the American league. Facts. Um, at, at this point with Machado, I want to get to what that means for the Padres in a moment. But does that mean like you should be running to Paul Goldschmidt for NL MVP right now? No, because also, don't you expect Goldschmidt to at least regress slightly? 
I mean, it's reasonable know, to expect. He I don't think he's going to have 500. Than he did. I know. I he think looks it's tough better right than now. he did at any point in Arizona. I think the race is wide open right now. I think the race is wide open right now. There's nobody that I'm running to to bet. Absolutely not. That's There's why I'm running. running that's why I'm running to Eddie Adrianza. Um, just Good. got off the 60 day. He's, I think he's hitting like 180 right now for Washington, but um, I, I think he's way. due. He's due for some positive regression for sure. Yeah, he's probably like 165 or something. Yeah, <laughs> you just got to hit your weight, and he's hitting above his weight. So what? what and we're gonna make yeah. fun of him. Exactly. Wow. We're good, man. It, it, listen, if you can't hit your weight, just like drop some bills and, and you'll be on a major league team. Can I say how this affects the Padres for a second? Because when I look at the roster, Manny Machado has a 945 OPS. You know who's next? Jorge Alfaro. The Padres don't have a hitter on their roster right now with an OPS over 800. With Tatis's timetable being pushed back, with Manny Machado now out for weeks, with the ankle injury, you have to be worried about this offense. You have to be. I know Cronenworth can still hit, and he's getting hotter, which is good to see. Luke Voigt has had some great weekend series. The power is starting to come in. But as Eric Hosmer slows down, and we know that he's going to slow down, like Profar, what are we going to get from Jerks and Profar this year? We've already gotten great production. Is this going to stay throughout the entire year? I'm worried about the Padres offense. I'm not going to lie. I was, I've always been worried about the Padres. People who listen to the Just Baseball show religiously, we freaking love you to death. And you know my, my grievances with the Padres. It's like, yeah. prove it. Prove it. Once you prove it, I'm in. Because they have all the talent in the world. Just have a season where you freaking make the playoffs and dominate like you're supposed to on paper every single year. And now things are starting to fall a little bit. And the Giants have still not been healthy all year. And they're still right there with the Padres. I still lean Giants to finish over the Padres at the end of the year. And it's not just because of the Machado injury. It's just because of the polarization with this team. It's like, you never know. You never know. Um, the pitching is better than it was last year. Yes. Musgrove and Gore at the front of that. And whatever you get from Snell is a bonus. Whatever you get from the other guys is a bonus too. Um, Darvish. You? Like Darvish has been great. Darvish has been great. Darvish is known for his blowups, especially on the road. Yeah, and and we'll see how sustainable this Mackenzie Gore is. But Musgrove, I totally believe in. Offensively, like they need an answer offensively, and I don't know what that answer is. It might honestly be just getting C.J. Abrams back up and seeing if he figured some stuff out because he's hitting really, really well in AAA. He's crushing it down there. He's crushing it down there. You know, maybe you give Robinson Cano another shot. I don't know what kind of trades you make right now. It's tough. It's just really tough. I just, I don't know how they're going to pick up the pieces right now, too. Because like a replacement at third base, you know, does Hassan Kim go over there? Like Hassan Kim probably goes to third, Abrams to short, Cronenworth stays at second. They still haven't called up Abrams yet either. I know. Maybe... Estery Ruiz gets up as well. The guy that's on pace to steal a hundred bags for the first time since Billy Hamilton. We'll see what they do. Preller's going to get creative. I oh, yeah, listen, yeah. I can't ding him for not being creative. He gets creative. But don't you think Preller could feel the pressure and then ultimately make a trade that ruins this team? I yes. can also see that. happening. Oh, absolutely. I, I absolutely see that happening. Baron Zaidi of the Giants ain't doing that. No, he's not. Um, I think the Giants are hot right now because of the depth that they have. Like Tyro Estrada and like the bullpen, they're, they're throwing well. This is the Giants that we were expecting where we don't know these names, but here we go. Here's San Francisco. Here's one name we do know, Camilo Duvall. <laughs> he's hot again. Wow, he looks good. 101 sliders coming in. The command is starting to really look good. He's rocking a two, four, five. He's really kind of moved into that closer role with San Francisco. And yeah. I think that matters too, because you got a 24 year old who hasn't had much time in the bigs, but he's already the closer for a bullpen that had the best bullpen ERA in the entire sport last year. And yeah. I know they've had some guys like Rogers has not looked the same as he has. No. He looked McGee has not put together the season no. that he put together last year. But the fact that the giants have this much confidence in this 24 year old Camilo Dufal. That's what I, I mean, I saw a man face the Dodgers and I said, that's the coolest reliever I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's dominating again. I just, I, it's, it's must see TV when Camilo Duvall is pitching in my mind.
101 with that arm slot seems unhittable, right? Unhittable. 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 Um, hey, the Red Sox are really good. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. And we just cannot count this team out, Jack. We, I, I didn't this year. I did last year. And I learned my lesson similar to the way I learned my lesson with the Giants. This team, you cannot count them out. Alex Cora, we know that he's going to manage them to plenty of wins. Nick Pavetta has taken this huge jump, not more of a huge jump from when he was in Philadelphia, but he showed this level of potential in the playoffs last year for the Red Sox. And now looks like one of the better right-handed arms in the American League just shut down a Cardinals offense that looks great right now. You move yeah. forward, Michael Walker, dude, what's going on? I don't have an answer for that. I literally don't have an answer for that. How is he so good? Obviously, he's going to regress. But right now, he looks amazing. Michael Walker looks amazing. Damn, I love that you say, obviously, he's going to regress. Like, yeah, no oh. faith in Michael Walker. <laughs> no, it's not. like, But not regress to just a five ERA like we've seen. Oh, in the yeah, past. no, no, no. But, I mean, this is he's putting together a really good season. and He looks really, really good. I think we knew this offense was too good to sputter. Um, they were sputtering at the beginning, but Rafael Devers is really freaking good. And I mean, they just have so much depth, dude. Like, I mean, the top end talent, they pay for the top end production. Um, I don't know, man, the offense is really, really deep. It's going to continue to keep firing. And the biggest thing, like you're saying is the starting pitching. I mean, these guys were running out like quality start after quality start after quality start granted against like some not great teams, but they just took two or three from St. Louis, who is, I think, a great team. I called that a prove-it series. Yeah. The Red Sox won two of three in that series and didn't do it like easily. It's not like they blew them out or anything, but they won two of three. And Jack, where do you think the bullpen ERA of the Red Sox ranks? Bullpen ERA for the Red Sox, I do think is like top. Is it top third? Is it top 10? Sixth. It's sixth. I think that's wildly impressive considering Garrett Whitlock moving to the rotation. And also with the Red Sox, they're going to get better, dude. Chris Sale is going to come back soon. Nate Eovaldi has been on the shelf. He's going to come back soon. And Whitlock's on the shelf right now. Yeah. Also on the shelf, going to come back soon. Josh Winkowski, this right-handed pitcher they pulled up. Nobody knows who he is, but he's one of the best prospect pitching prospects, at least in the Red Sox farm system. He doesn't look bad. He looks like a serviceable five. You know who I pitching yeah. depth you know who i like like austin davis is obviously throwing really well and and sawamora is actually kind of throwing okay john schreiber is yeah. good schreiber's yeah. good and then how about matt strom i like matt strom matt strom is good i like the other guy better schreiber i like, I like schreiber better. better too yeah um i just matt strom just doesn't doesn't pop up the page for me but he's pitching well so i'm gonna give him all the credit in the world he's pitching yeah. well uh, the Red Sox are playing well. You Did you say that you think they finished second in the AL East? Sam Lucchini said that on State okay. of the Division. Yeah. I didn't call him crazy. I didn't say it. I still think that the Rays are going to finish second. I really do. Yeah. I still think that this is the Rays, and we're going to talk about them in a second. But I think the Red Sox could do it. I really think they could do it. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I mean, this is close, dude. And we're going to have a Kevin Gosman second half. Let's see how well he does because he's already starting to falter. Alec Manoa has looked phenomenal, but just got beat up by the Yankees. Jose Barrios has not been able to stay consistent. Ryu is now out for the year. And Kikuchi is so inconsistent. Stripling, I mean, what are you going to do? The Blue Jays are definitely going to trade for some pitching, and the offense is going to continue to roll. But the bullpen, I mean, you can't rely on Jordan Romano to get four outs every single time like he did against the Yankees on Sunday. You can't rely on that. Yeah, he's not he's not Superman. He can't pitch every single inning for for the pen. And they have other guys. But like Simber is starting to get blown up. Like they just have guys who are just not that good. They need a lot in their pitching staff more than the Red Sox. I would say I really do think so. More than the Red Sox. The Blue Jays need more pitching than the Red Sox do. Yeah, I feel like a lot of our problems would have been avoided if Barrios was actually good. Literally, if Brios was good, I think the Blue Jays would be like four games behind the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I, I'm with you, man. Um, but Tampa, also Gosman. Gosman, bro, is falling off a cliff lately, and I think he's tipping his pitches. Yeah, you mentioned tipping pitches. Where did you see that? Saw it on ESPN. Whether it's true or not, we'll see. Ooh, we'll see, man. I mean, like, it has been stark. It's been very different from the start of the year. Pretty much like if you were to split the season in half right now, front half of his 
third of a season, front half of his half of a season, he was best pitcher in baseball pretty much. And then now he's, it's like second half in San Francisco last year. He was just average. And the reason I say um, like tipping pitches, I saw like some rumor about it on ESPN. So I just started watching to see if I was like, is that true ESPN? Like it could be so many other different things, but is that true? And then I'm watching. How are these guys timing up his splitter? Like they're timing it up. It's not just the lunging and then like getting a base hit yeah, through the five like six hole through right it. Spot. It's like they're sitting back on it. And I'm thinking to myself, how? Like, how is that possible? Are people just sitting splitter and saying the fastball can't beat me? That's something. Maybe he's not even tipping pitches. Maybe that's just a change in. It might just be a change approach. in approach. Could be a change in approach. But I'm watching guys sit on a splitter, which yeah. I think is pretty much impossible considering it's Kevin Gosman, but they're doing it and they're hitting it. So I don't know what to tell you. Right. I'm not sure either. Um, I, I do think that Toronto and Boston finish ahead of Tampa and Tampa might have the Cy Young award winner. They're unhealthy. Like we were talking about via text this morning, Zanino, Lau, Franco, all on the IL. But you look at guys that are playing consistently here. Kevin Kiermeyer has a 650 OPS. Brett Phillips has a 530 OPS. Taylor Walls, a 480 OPS in 56 games. And in 33 games for Vidal Brujan, he's got a 460 OPS. They can't hit right now. And I'm worried that Shane McClanahan is not going to get any run support to save his life for the next, you know, for the rest of the year. I have no clue what's going to happen with Tampa. Do you have faith that they get good again when those three guys come off? Because Zanino was terrible before he got hurt. Franco obviously was good. Brandon Lau was fine. It wasn't the Brandon Lau of last year, but you can't really ride Wander Franco and Yandy Diaz and G-Man Choi to World Series contention. That's the thing, but <sighs> the Rays, it's so tough because the Rays show up for good pitching regardless. Like they're facing Garrett Colt tonight. I mean, we're recording on Monday again to be released on Tuesday. Let's see how they do against him. Brandon Lau is still on the shelf. When he comes back, let's see. Wander Franco, when he comes back, let's see. This isn't a finished product. Also, Mike Zunino, but then again, Mike Zunino is pretty much only good against a soft thrown lefty. But then again, that's still offense for you and a guy who could hit you 30-plus home runs if you prorate that over a full season. Yeah. That's the kind of power production you'll get from him. I still think that this Rays offense is better than what they've shown. I think they've gotten off to a really slow start with all these injuries in the way. And, you know, they're continuing to start guys who – you know, they had the Josh Lau experiment. Didn't really work. Vidal Brujan can't hit anything. Taylor Walls can't hit anything. So I feel like they're also trying a lot of these rookies at the back end of their lineup that just aren't hitting. So all those stats are accumulating. And these guys, you know, they give them two hits and 30 at-bats, and then that gets thrown into the rest. So you're right, totally right, the Rays offense as a whole. But when they start replacing a lot of those ABs, you know, Vidal Brujan versus Brandon Lau, huge difference there. Wander Franco versus Taylor Walls, huge difference there. Yeah. That's when I think we're going to see the offense start to pick up. But at least what we know is that the pitching has been unbelievable. And just to close on the Gosman point, I was like, guys were sitting back on yeah. the splitter. That's what I was seeing with my eyes when I first saw the game. But I'd like to just clarify that because opponents are really crushing his fastball right now. I think that's what I was seeing was guys were hitting his sitting on the splitter because they know they can hit the fastball and that the fastball is just getting torn up right now. So when I, when I was making the argument that they're just killing a slider, it's not that they're killing a slider. They it's just splitter. know that they can hit the, what did I say? Yeah. I'm slider. Just, yeah. Splitter, splitter sitting on the splitter because they know that the fastball ain't getting by them. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, I'm with you. It, just jumping back to the Rays real quick on the pitching. The pitching's been so good. I mean, Kluber's got a 3-5 right now. Yeah. Rasmussen, he's on the 15-day, but he's got a 3-4 in 12 starts. Jeffrey Springs has been great. Jason Adam has been elite out of the bullpen. Jason Adam might be the most underrated reliever in the entire He's season. an all-star. He's for he's sure an all-star. Should be an all-star. Also, Matt Whistler throws 94% sliders. Pisses me off. My yeah. most angry watch of a reliever. <laughs> how do like how do you keep getting away with it? Sit yeah. on a slider. I'm telling you, man. The Rays they they tell you to do one thing all the time. That's Matt Whistler. Uh, They're Beaks taking it too far good. with him. They're taking I, it too far with him. But it works. So I don't know what like, to tell you, man. Yeah. Uh, Beaks has been good. Colin Poche has been good. Um, but I, McClanahan is the king. And in McClanahan, I'm so 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 excited. And again, this comes out tomorrow morning. But I'm so excited to watch McClanahan and Cole tonight Game that's going to be maybe one of them, one of them. i mean maybe. one of the best pitching matchups of the year yeah because last year we saw bieber and cole and that was game of the year 
that was pretty good. Also, I'm just I'm just interested in McClanahan third time against the Yankees. Or no, excuse me, second time around. It's either second or third time around. Garrett Cole has faced him a bunch this year. Should we check that real quick? I think it's his second or third time around. I, more, I'm the main point of this is that I'm very interested to see how McClanahan does multiple times against the best offense in baseball in New York right now. This like shows this is a shit. McClanahan, this is third time around. That's what First I time was on May 29th. He went six innings, a one-run ball, struck out seven. Yeah, He started on the 15th, so back-to-back starts against the Yankees. First one was in the Bronx. He went six innings, four runs, just one was earned, struck out seven. Um, so we'll see what it looks like when McClanahan, back-to-back times he's out there, sees the same lineup. Who adjusts, McClanahan or the Yankees? Short thing on earned runs. I understand how they're calculated. But he gave up two home runs in that game. Yeah, like, but they probably came after an error and like it would. No, it did. It came after like a. It came after like an error and a pickoff attempt and like yeah, it technically doesn't count. But like he gave up two home runs. Yeah. Basically, what I'm saying here is that he got hit. He got yes, hit. He did. So get what hit. I'm curious to see in his third start, does he shut the door or does it get worse? Right. We'll that's see what, what happens there. Yeah, that's what we'll see. Let's wrap with Cleveland because what, what the Cleveland Guardians are doing right now could actually make them look like playoff contenders. Arm and I pounded our fists on the table when someone asked, what should the Guardians do? Like, should they retool? Should they completely rebuild? Should they buy fully at the deadline? And we were pounding our fists on my desk saying, buy. The time is now. You have the pitching. Bieber looks healthy. Jose Ramirez is maybe the best player in the sport. We didn't even mention J-Ram when we talked about best players in baseball. Like the four best players in baseball right now, I think are in the American League. Seriously. And you can make the argument, but they have the guys like Oscar Gonzalez has been this great rookie for them too. Like Miles Straw's a table setter. Hasn't really been hitting, but one of the best center fielders defensively in the game. Med Rosario looks like a solid option at shortstop. A guy can really wreak havoc on the bases and at least does some things well at the plate and can play good shortstop for them. Josh Naylor looks like a really good hitter. Owen Miller down there in their lineup. I just know all about the Guardians. I bet on them way too much. I watched <laughs> How about so Jimenez? many of their How about games. Steven Kwan? Kwan's hitting 320 in June. Yeah. These guys are getting hot, man. These guys are good. This is a good team. They just went into Los Angeles and played to the level of the Dodgers. Now, the Dodgers are at their, like, lowest common denominator. I've seen them in the past couple of years while still putting together wins. But the Guardians played really, really well against the Dodgers. If I'm not mistaken, they took two out of three. This is just off the dome from watching this weekend. I think they took two out of three from the Dodgers. I know they won on Sunday. I know they lost when Cal Quantrill's on the mound. And I'm pretty sure that they won two to one in the first game. Yeah. That's uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Guardians are fucking good. And they should buy a bat now. Who did they go get? Well, like, where do they make the upgrade? My mind immediately goes to catcher. Austin Hedges cannot be the catcher. Cannot. Um, good is it Wilson? Man, is, he's good at defense. Man, but is it Wilson it. Contreras? That's what we said. That's what we said. Like, why not? Because he doesn't handcuff you. He's just a rental. So you don't have to unearth all these prospects that you love. Why not get Wilson Contreras? Could use a righty also. I mean, could use a lefty probably a little bit more. Their, their lineup is pretty dominant. I also talked about Josh Bell, but of course they have Franimal. But he's not been anything this year. But you can't give up on him either. And Franimal's shelved. He's on the 10-day. He's played 35 yeah. games this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, they you need go get bat. Josh Bell. How about um, it's in division, so no Benny. Um, How about an easy one? Go get David Peralta from the Diamondbacks. Easy one. Yeah. He can hit. Play good outfield for them. Easy one. Yeah, Just Peralta. It's not like you have to, you know, it's not like you have to go get a one soda or anything. Of course, they're not going to, but it's not like you have to completely unearth for one of the best hitters impossible just to be up there. The twins, I'm not afraid of. Sorry, I'm not afraid of the twins. Me neither. I'm not afraid of them. And I'm not afraid of the White Sox. I mean, the White Sox got to get healthy. Lance Lynn is going to throw on Monday, which is, again, where we're recording. They got to get better, too. Lynn and Barrios tonight. Yay. It's op- <laughs> yeah, that, that game's going to be hilarious. That division is open cleveland go get it go get it because you can do it they have a great bullpen brian shaw manual class a and trevor steve they have a great bullpen they have great everything 
by a bat. Can we can we agree as a collective that Cleveland could win the AL Central? I think so. All right, let's stamp it now. Cleveland's going to win the AL Central. Well, no, they have to do something. They're a game back of they Minnesota. Have to do something, Without though. doing anything, they're a game back of Minnesota right now. But the White Sox are going to get much healthier, and the Twins are going to get healthier, too. I don't believe in the White Sox right now. As a White Sox fan, I don't believe in the White Sox. I don't think the White Sox are a better team right now than Cleveland. I can't say the Guardians are going to win the division unless they had a bat. I can't do it. I'm going to. I'm going to say Cleveland. Good. Cleveland wins the AL Central. That's my final word. I love it. I love it. I think they can do it. Absolutely. That's where we're at. That's where we're at with Cleveland. There we go. All right. Give us the social medias. Well, if you want to go follow us, of course, we're on Twitter at JustBBMedia. We're on TikTok at JustBaseballFans. We're at Instagram at JustBaseballShow. Check out the loop. Link in our episode description. It's an absolute banger. Might as well get 20 free dollars in order to download the loop app. You get 20 free bucks just for doing it. Helps us out a ton. Let us know that we sent you for all my baseball card folks. And also, just as we're talking about loop, what did I say? Uh, What did I say about the million dollar card man? Three and a third, no runs against the Rays. Let's go. Again, that raise offense can't hit. You buy me, you buy me 30 more seconds. I'm gonna go get my cards that I just got from Luke. I still think that it's a great card to have. This Clark Schmidt PSA mint nine, absolute banger. Jack has walked off the screen. It's my time to shine. And that means this ah now he's back. I can't do a full I'm 30 back. minutes on Clark Schmidt. But check it out. And there's a bunch more cards like it on the loop app, as well as prize picks. If you want to join our daily stream at 2 30 p.m. Eastern on Twitter, it's an absolute banger. You must join. Follow my Twitter. It's in the episode link, as well as prize picks. The code might as well get some free money if you want to jump along with us. You don't need to use your own money. Might as well use prize picks given money. So yeah. use code just baseball when you're downloading the prize picks app. Is there anything else before we go, Jack? Valera, Oof. Bowman first. Wow. Ellie De La Cruz, Bowman first. I have an Ellie De La Cruz Bowman first too. I'm excited for that, dude. I've got a uh, John Kenzie Noel and Lenny Sosa over there as well. So that's uh, that's it for me, man. And with that, thank you, everybody. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.